Thank you for that good singing. Open your Bible, please, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 19. This morning, I'd like to speak with you on the subject about God's still small voice. The still small voice of Almighty God. It almost seems like two opposites, doesn't it? When we talk about the Lord God Almighty having a still small voice. And yet it's true. And there's a wonderful application here to our lives today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, help us to quieten ourselves before you today and help us to hear the still small voice of God. There may well be several folk today that need to hear from heaven. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak loud enough that they might hear. Lord, you know that we're all a little bit on the dull of hearing side. The world screams at us. It seems electronic media and social media are always beckoning for our attention. Lord, help us to hear the still small voice of God today. And please lead us in the way everlasting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a humorous story about a pastor that was giving a sermon one Sunday morning. And he could actually hear a couple of the teenage girls in the back giggling away and disturbing people. And so rather than pointing them out, he interrupted his sermon and he announced actually quite sternly, there are two of you here today that have not heard a word I've said. That quieted the girls down. When the service was over, he was standing at the back to greet people as they left. Three adults came up to him and apologized for going to sleep that morning in church promising it would never happen again. We need to learn how to listen to God's still small voice, because if we're not careful, we will miss it. Now the life of Elijah is recorded for us in first Kings chapter 17 through till second Kings chapter two. And there's only about eight chapters there, but Boy, is there ever a lot of stuff packed into those eight chapters. What an amazing man of God. And apparently he was a hairy kind of a guy and wore a bit of a Tarzan suit, you know, a kind of a rough sort of old garment. And uh, he was just a, a rough, tough kind of a guy is what he, he seems to be. Now, in chapter 19, the context of the story comes right on the heels of his victory over the 400 false prophets. Do you remember that, that victory he had when it was like a showdown, a shootout at OK Corral, just about. And they, they built an altar. The false prophets built their altar. Elijah built his altar. And the God that answered by fire would be the winner. You remember that story? Yes. Yeah, what a story. Wouldn't you have loved to have been there that day? We don't have the time to go through it all. But bottom line, Elijah won because his is the only true God. Isn't that right? Is his God your God today? And Elijah was just excited, but he was also exhausted and it began to rain as well. And Elijah outran Ahab's chariot and he was, he was drained. He was absolutely drained. And in chapter 19, we have Jezebel and she hears what Elijah did. And she wrote 
him an email. And she said, you are dead, buddy. I am going to kill you. And you know what? That discouraged him. It just, it was like an uppercut. He didn't see it coming. And bang, man, he was deflated, absolutely deflated. And so he took off. He ran away. And uh, God, of course, cared for him along his little journey. Some 120 miles he traveled. And he gets to this bit of a mountain, the bit of a cave in there. And it's here that he begins to hear and to listen. And so God passed by him. And there's big, strong wind, but God wasn't in the wind there. And the earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. Elijah really needed to hear from God. Have you ever been there where you really needed to hear from God? Where things weren't going so well? And maybe you'd been given some pretty bad news. Maybe you got an email from Jezebel. And life was just turned for you. And you really need to hear from God. Well, this is where we find our hero, Elijah. Now, it's interesting that God wasn't in the strong wind or the earthquake or the fire. Because there's many times in the Bible where it talks of the presence of the Lord and the voice of the Lord. And it's powerful. I'd like to read for you in Psalm 29. It says, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Lebanon used to be known for its massive, huge, big cedars. Christian friend of mine who comes from Lebanon, he told me uh, they no longer talk of the cedars of Lebanon. They talk of the pines of Lebanon because they cut all the cedars down apparently modern uh, farming for you. Anyhow, it goes on to say, he maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh hinds to calve. Wow. And discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. So there are times when God has a majestic, powerful voice. No question about it. I'm reminded of a, a story, true story, of a preacher I once knew. He's long since died and gone to heaven. And in his earlier ministry, uh, he always was a fiery preacher. He preached loud and hard. And as a younger man, he was in church. And uh, his style was to preach hard. The people seemed to like it. But this one particular Sunday, he was absolutely at the top of his game and he roared and he yelled and he thumped his fist and so on. And a little child was sitting there next to his mother and he turned to his mother and said, Oh, mama, ain't God mad today? Sometimes children say some pretty uh, amazing things. Isn't that right? One of the mothers of our church had to stay home one Sunday because her, uh, her boy was sick. And um, anyhow, I, uh, I wore a 
a different suit, I guess, than I normally do. And they were watching on the internet and he turned to his mother and said, Mama, the pastor has new clothes. (laughs) Well, I liked that. I thought that was pretty cute. Made me want to go shopping. Out of the mouth of babes. Now, Elijah's ministry was, was a powerful ministry. If you've ever read anything on the life of Elijah, he withstood Ahab and he said, you are the the guy, you're the blamer here. And so um, you'd think that with a powerful man like Elijah, with powerful preaching and great miracles, a man like Elijah, rough and tough kind of guy, that when God talked to him, it would be in the thunder or in the wind or in the earthquake or in the fire. But it was none of those things. You see, because Elijah needed a different ministry from God and God knows our needs. And there are times when we don't need the thunder. Thank you. Or the earthquake or the fire. There are times when we need the still small voice and it's there. If we'll listen, we want to continue this thought here on the still small voice of God and our need here to, to listen. Uh, God's voice sometimes is in a quieter manner. When you read Genesis chapter three, you'll read about how Adam and Eve sinned. And it says in verse eight, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And that's when Adam and Eve went and hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. I wasn't there and I can't say for sure, but I think God was not thundering and lightning. I think that it was a very more normal, quieter kind of voice that God was using. And there are, there are times for that in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 17, it says the words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. You say, why is this? Because quiet times are teachable times. They're very important, teachable times. It's in quiet that we can think and we can ponder and we can pray. And Elijah needed what only God could do for him in that quiet time. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Say it with me. Be still and know that I am God. Boy, there's some some counsel for you and I today, right there. How does God's still small voice apply to our lives? Well, sometimes you will hear it actually at church to your heart during the preaching, maybe, or some special music, some special song that was sung and God will use that and touch your heart. Sometimes you'll find it at the altar when you come and spend a minute in prayer with God and then you'll come back saying, I think, I think I know what to do. I think God told me. I, I think I heard his still small voice. But if, if you want to know that what I think is the best place to hear the still small voice of God, you need to take your Bible and you need to get alone into your prayer closet, alone with God, cut yourself off from every other human on earth and get alone with almighty God and open up the Bible. Begin reading in the book of Psalms if you don't know where else to read. Begin reading there and read Psalm after Psalm and then get down on your knees or get down on your face and begin to pray. Confess your unworthiness to God. Confess your faults and your sins to God Almighty and ask him for his mercy and for his grace 
and start praying for things and for people and for God's greatness. And in your prayer closet, you'll hear the still small voice of God. Sometimes people will come up to me after church and they'll say, boy, that was a wonderful message you gave. I got it from the prayer closet. God gave it to me. They say it's like one beggar showing another beggar where to, where the bread is. I hope that all of my messages come from God really. But when God is speaking, you and I, we need to learn to be good listeners because God doesn't normally shout. Sometimes he doesn't repeat the second time. How can you and I hear what God is saying to us? Well, I'll give you an illustration. It's similar to how we listen to people because we listen with more than just our ears. We observe them sometimes. There's a, there's an expression. There's a saying in English, your talk talks and your walk talks. Have you ever heard that? What you do in life speaks a lot about you. That's your walk. So your talk, what you say, your talk talks, but your walk in life, how you live your life, the habits you, you have, all that says something about you. So your walk talks and your talk talks, but your talk, your walk talks louder than your talk talks. So what you do says more about you than what you say about yourself. You can tell people that you're a wonderful person. Well, that's fine. We'll watch you and we'll see what, what you're really like. You know, it's sad, but sometimes people behave differently in Sunday, in Sunday church than they do in, in Monday home, <laughs> right? The, there's a difference there. It shouldn't be. We should be consistent. We should be more like Jesus. There's many churches that advertise, come as you are, come as you are. There's nothing wrong with that per se, but don't leave the same way. Come as you are, but leave more like Jesus. Make sense? Sure. So when we, when we listen to people, we sometimes ask ourselves a few questions. Does their talk match their walk? Number two, can I verify the details of what they're telling me? Number three, are they telling me something in, in a hidden roundabout manner? Have you ever done that? Or have you ever had anyone do that to you? How do you tell someone that they have bad breath? It's not so easy sometimes, is it? You know, sometimes you just want to leave a, a pack of gum on their desk at work or a bottle of, what is that, Listerine or something. You want to deal with things in a roundabout kind of way. You know, I find sometimes when I'm counseling, I cannot be too direct with people. I have to be around about a little bit. I have to say, well, you know, there might've been a better way of doing it. I'd rather say that than, boy, what a dumb klutz thing you just did. Wow. Here's a trophy. <laughs> now, now we want to communicate truth in love. Now, sometimes you have to listen very closely to people to find out what they're really saying. There's another uh, humorous story about a local church that was having a revival. And um, this guy named uh, Sam shows up at the meeting. And uh, he was looking for help. 
and the, uh, the evangelist that was preaching great message, by the way, and people were being uh, moved and spoken to. And after the service, Sam got alone with the evangelist and said to him, he said, preacher, I really, I really need your help. The evangelist said, well, what can I do for you? Well, Sam said, it's, it's my, it's my hearing. And so the evangelist put his fingers on Sam's ears and began to pray, Lord, heal this man's hearing. And when he was done, he said, Sam, how's your hearing now? And Sam said, well, I don't know, preacher. I don't go to court till Tuesday. I thought that was hilarious. You wouldn't believe that happened to me, would you? No, it didn't. But likewise, you have to listen closely sometimes to understand what people are, are telling you. And so likewise, when we listen to God, how do we develop the ability to hear his still small voice? How do we do that? Well, we listen to God perhaps by asking a series of questions as we read the Bible. Someone has brilliantly said that reading the Bible is God talking to me. Prayer is me talking to God. A lot of truth to that. And so as you read your Bible, you get alone in your prayer closet. You start reading your Bible, start asking yourself a few questions. Number one, is there an application here to my life? Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Don't just read your Bible just for casual reading, but, but read it and ask this question. Lord, is there a message here for me? There's a little hymn, a little song. You know, every promise in the book is mine. You know that one? What's the rest of it? Every chapter, every verse, every line, everything. Yeah. God gave us a complete Bible. And so you have a right to ask God as you're reading, Lord, is there anything here for me? Why don't you even start before you read and you say, Lord, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, I'm a beggar. You're a giver. Give to the beggar today. Give me meat today. Give me bread today. Give me manna. Ask, is there an application? Number two, ask, is there a promise that God is making me that I can claim? Is there a promise that I can claim? There's lots of them. There's lots of them. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promises that God makes in the Bible, Old Testament and New. All you need to do is start being sensitive and gentle and quiet. Is God making you a promise? Number three, is there a sin I need to deal with? Is there something I'm not doing right, Lord? Do you want me to stop doing something? Do you want me to start doing something? Do you want me to change something? Is there a sin that I need to deal with? Now, as Christians, we are in a constant battle against the devil. He never takes a break. And as Christians, we need constant contact with God. That is our need. If you go through the day with no contact with God, no wonder you feel beat up by the end of the day. No wonder you feel like wanting to throw in the towel and quit. You need constant contact with God. It starts in the morning in your prayer closet. But as you leave your prayer closet, you walk with the Lord all through the day. That's what you want. That's the good habit. 
And we need to hear from God. We need the assurance from God. And one important way is through the still small voice of the Lord. And so when you, when you feel God has taught you something, spoken to your heart, you come out of your prayer closet, share it with your family. You know, husbands ought to share what they learn. Wives ought to share what they learn. The children ought to share what they learn, what God has been teaching them and telling them. Makes for wonderful family time together. But we need to listen for God's still small voice to our hearts. And we'll hear it as we humble ourselves in the prayer closet and, we, and we're quiet. Now, if Elijah here had missed the still small voice, if he didn't get it, he would have missed God's will for his life. Many young people are wondering, well, who should I marry? What job should I take? What should I, what should I do with my life? Where should I live? And those are good questions. It's only the still small voice of God. I think that'll really answer those questions. Of course, you know, adults have all kinds of questions too. It's the still small voice of God that's going to direct us and lead our steps. And Elijah here, if he had been so busy on his cell phone that he missed the still small voice of God, whew, hey, did you know that according to a, uh, a study, I just read this the other day, this week, I think it was the Pew Research, I think is what it's called. They did a national survey and they found that the average child is 10 years old when he or she gets their very first cell phone of their own. Do you know how old I was before I got my very first cell phone? I wasn't 10, I'll tell you that. But that's what's happening today. The average family sits down at the table, everyone on their device. Oh, hi, how are you? What was your name again? You have to listen if you're going to hear the still small voice of God. If Elijah had missed it, he would have missed God's will. Look at it in verse. Oh, I better go back there myself. We're still in Psalms. Uh, okay, what did I tell you? First Kings. Oh, yeah. Chapter 19 and verse uh, 15. First Kings 19, 15. And the Lord said unto him, go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael, Hazael, to be king over Syria, 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 right. Some of us are always thinking about food. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of that name, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Hey, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to sit where you sit, you know, come to those big $10, $10 names there. Abel Mehola, uh, verse 17. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael uh, shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. You get the idea that Elijah only learned that by listening to the still small voice of the Lord. Otherwise he would have missed God's will for his life. As Christians, if we miss the still small voice, we will miss a lot. I believe with all my heart that God wants to talk more to us than what we believe, what we realize that God has more good things to tell us than what we're ready to listen. If we would only quiet, 
humble, get alone with God and listen to the still small voice. Elijah was alone with God when he heard the still small voice of God. But when we do hear the still small voice of God, I'll tell you what happens because I've experienced it myself. Your faith skyrockets. You come out of the prayer closet feeling I've met with God. You almost look like Moses with his two tables of stone coming down from the Mount, you know, having met with God. When you hear the still small voice of God, dear heart, your faith skyrockets. We need a lot of skyrocket Christians today that'll live for Jesus and let Jesus be seen in their face, in their eyes, heard in their voice, observed in their actions and the way they live. We need Christians like that today because the world is literally on its way to hell and the world needs Jesus, my friends. World Nation Sunday, where would the world be without Jesus? Do you have the answer, by the way, to the world's problem? Do you have Jesus? Well, don't hold it inside. You need to let your light shine. How do I do that? The still small voice will teach you how. The will of God will show you what to do. And when you hear the still small voice, man, it's like you're on your way to the moon. It's exciting when God speaks to you. If God has not spoken to your heart in a long, long time, you may have cause to, uh, to pull a bus over and say, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, for months or for years, I haven't heard from God. When is God going to speak to my heart? Do you remember back when you got saved? It was like God spoke to your heart. He had to have. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. Do you remember when you got saved? You heard the still small voice back then. Well, what happened between then and now? Have you not heard his voice since? Why don't you come on the invitation and come on and get on your knees if you possibly can and say, Lord, I haven't heard your voice in so long. I forgot what you sound like. Lord, would you please start speaking to my heart? I'm going to get into my prayer closet when I get home. And Lord, I want you to speak to my heart too. I don't want to be left out. Lord, while you're calling on others, do not pass me by. Famous hymn. Now, before I finish here, I'd like to ask you this question. Husbands and wives, are you listening to each other? Because sometimes there's a still small voice there. The husband is trying to say something to his wife, but she's not listening. Or the wife more often is trying to say something to her husband but he just doesn't get it. Husbands, wives, are you listening for the still small voice? By the way, if you're, if you're parents, you know, sometimes children have a still small voice too. They're trying to express something. And sometimes parents can miss that as well. Parents, are you listening? Let's stand to our feet, shall we?